0: Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Ladies and gentlemen, today on An Actor Despairs, we have a very special episode with guests Denzel Whitaker and John Tree Fry. Denzel Whitaker is the filmmaker behind 5150, and he's one of my best friends and was the very first guest of this podcast and the reason it exists. We're here to talk about the film. John helped produce it and executive produced it as well. I'm very excited. You know, Denzel's one of my best friends, and we've known each other since we were 14. I love you, Dee, And John, man, I'm so proud of you guys. Here it is. Denzel Whitaker and John Treefry, welcome to an actor despairs. Denzel. Has been here before. And ladies and gentlemen, Denzel Whitaker was the very, very first guest of this fucking show and was the brother and the motherfucker that got me off my ass to do this show. So, everyone, this show would not exist truly without Denzel Whitaker. He's the one who really encouraged me, and I'm so proud of him. And for those of you that are uh, very curious about Denzel's episode, I'm gonna link that below because today we are here to talk about his new project 5150, which is a short, but is being developed as a TV show. And we are here with his producer and his right hand and his uh, guru and soon to be my guru, John Tree Fry. Welcome guys. Thank you. Oh man,
1: thank you brother. For all the listeners, just really quickly, uh ryan ryan speaks very humble about it about getting off his ass but i mean he really has been doing the work and i have been such a fan of the podcast so proud of where ryan's podcast has taken off at this point point. and actor despairs is incredible so from the first time we recorded bro i just wanted to give you your flowers in front of your audience man this is incredible and all the guests that you had it's just wonderful so great job
0: Oh, that means so much. I'm right now for those listening, I'm going to insert the image of Denzel and I in his garage in the first episode. (laughs) And there is the image right there. That was us (laughs) at the very first day that was January, 2018. Oh God. Yeah. yeah, 2018. Oh my God. It's been, it's coming up on three years, dude. No, wait, sorry. 19, 19, 19. Okay. Um, so coming up on 3 years, yeah. Here we go. And uh John Tree Fry, don't hide back there, bro. Hey, I I'm, I'm excited
2: to be here. Ryan, it's um, you know, being a new fan to the show and also not an actor, you know, it's it's cool to have a chance to chat with you and, you know, I'm a I'm a new uh convert you know, to, to, uh, watching and listening, but, uh, love what you're doing. And I love, you know, the, you know, I love how candid and raw it is. So really excited to be here and just get into it and, uh, you know, talk about what, you know, Denzel and I've been working on.
0: Well, like I said, for those listening, the Denzel link will be below, but, uh, John, if you don't mind, can you just give a quick summary of, of your background? Sure. So um,
2: I uh, I was actually born and raised in Anchorage, so um, not definitely not uh, you know a California or Hollywood native, but I've, I've lived here in Los Angeles uh, since uh, 2008, and um, really have been passionate about filmmaking and storytelling um, for most of my career. And I've I've run a commercial production company called 4WT Media for the last nine years. And um, Denzel and myself linked up in 2018 whilst working on a short film called Will the Machine, which uh, Denzel was the star of and then also was a producer of and I produced as well. And um, that kind of marked for me, Ryan, like a transition from doing branded and commercial to really be more interested in original content. Um, and so my entry point for doing originals was, uh, shorts, you know, uh, short films are, you know, easier to do than a feature, uh, certainly than a television series. And so, um, I was very excited to link up with Denzel on that project, Will the Machine, um, because we just really hit it off, uh, really aligned on like values and, you know, the types of things that we're interested in as storytellers, and wanting to you know create content that is engaging and really compelling for audiences but then also simultaneously is you know has a conscience and is saying something important um, and that really led us to um, our, our next collaboration which um, as you as you said uh, 5150 started as a short film that uh, Denzel had wanted to do and um, asked me if I was interested in the project. And I was totally, and I was really excited about what it, what it's about. I'll let Denzel talk more about that, but basically that, that collaboration has been ongoing since 2018. And we were really excited to actually film and produce the short film version of 5150 last year uh, during the pandemic. And then we were just actually, um, featured and, um, you know, got to see you actually at the Tribeca Creators Market, um, this, this year. So really exciting, you know, journey with 5150 and Denzel and myself working together.
0: So beautiful. So Denzel, what is 5150?
1: (laughs) 5150, um, before I begin with its original roots, I'll, I'll just kind of tell everybody what it's about. It's literally about a, a black, narcissistic, egotistical celebrity um, who we basically journey with at the height of his career. And um, he's, he's incessant, he's erratic, uh, both within the media and within his own home. You know, his political views are quite jarring. Um, and he gets placed under a temporary psychiatric hold for 72 hours in a mental facility. And so, you know, over the course of the short, we really spend time within that facility um, with his wife, with his publicist, with his mother and his little daughter. They all come in, you know, warn him of the dangers he faces, but he's incessant and in his behavior, his, his uh, goal is to tear down this organization, this shadowy cabal that he, you know, calls they. Um, and to just quickly talk on they, it's literally like a... Uh, literal interpretation of kind of how, you know, celebrities and different, you know, prominent figures in pop culture, they'll be like, they don't want you to win. Or, you know, they always trying to tell you, tear you down. So instead of making it about the man or this sinister organization, we literally flipped that on its head and said, okay, what is this actually? What could this actually be for these celebrities? So
0: I just for historical context and just because I think it, you know, has been since 2019 and I've spoken to you. The world has changed for 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 white people, for black people, for Asian people, for you know people like using the term by by POC, you know, and um, obviously with it with the killing of George Floyd and Armand Aubrey and Eric Garner and I, I could go on and on. The landscape has really shifted in 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 how America views. Um, the Black community, if if for better and for far, 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 far worse. And in the time that I've known you, you've been working on this project since we did that first episode. And I'm curious for both of you, please feel free to answer, how as you were creating this thing, you know, because you guys shot during the pandemic, correct? Correct. Yeah. How did everything that has been happening – not just for the black community, but for the various communities of color have an
1: impact, if any, on the creating of this? Sure. Um, Actually, in fact, me and John are creating with the times and, you know, from its inception of when I was working on this and then even when John and I clicked up in 2018, we were always very, you know, cautious and pragmatic of what was going on within the media because, you know, a lot of what we're drawing off of is we want to create this um, fictionalized heightened version based off of a reality that's already existing around us, yeah. and that's just even speaking to you know creating a prominent celebrity and how does that work within the world? How do the masses receive this celebrity? And so, before we get even to the racial aspect of it, you know, John and I always had to be mindful um, about cancel culture and who was being canceled and what were they being canceled for and what were certain issues that, you know, we could talk about and not talk about, um, particularly with this character. So as you just pointed out, and as John said earlier, we shot in the middle of the pandemic. And so, you know, while the George Floyd, um, you know, incident took place, and then also the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, marches had taken place shortly thereafter, you know, we're coming right off of the heels of that so there are some black and white images in the beginning of our short film that are literally, you know, taken exactly from those marches. And you know, we sought out to, you know, friends of mine who are photographers and whatnot. Even yourself, you put in a, a photo, which we thank you for that. So, oh, and I also think
0: there's uh, one of the best performances <laughs> in, from, from me. Yeah. There's a cameo there. Yeah, I
1: wasn't yeah. going to bring it up yet. But it's a wonderful cameo. I'm a guy doing what he does best. So. Um, but yeah, no, we we definitely wanted to adapt and we wanted to, you know, be uh, at the forefront of that because it was it was one of those things where we were making the project, the divinity of what was happening, you know, and not to say we we wanted an incident like this to happen. By God, no, but it was like the divinity of all of these different topics that we were trying to hit on were just sort of like, you know, falling into place like Lego bricks at the same time. So we were like, okay, well, how can we, speak to this without being too trendy and it wasn't that we were trying to be on time just the project was in it of itself on time um and i want to just quickly answer one thing about race in general um i'd say this much i don't think it's gotten worse per se i think it's more visual i think it's more at the forefront so people are now seeing it you know in droves and and we're not, you know, sitting back and passively letting incident after incident happen. It's now being recorded and it's now being at the forefront. The floor. cell phone changed everything. Changed everything, man. And so that's kind of in a way what's happening with 5150 with even with this celebrity, you know, in the past, certain celebrities can do certain things or they had, you know, certain opinions. But now every celebrity is asked to be more than what they are. They're asked to be more than basketball players and actors and, you know, sports figures or whatever it may be. Because in these interviews, they ask for their own personal opinions, and these celebrities aren't just sitting back and just letting you know these atrocities go wayside. They're actually you know acting up and speaking on it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so with that comes a certain amount of backlash. Not everybody's going to definitely agree with that. So here we have the celebrity who's very passionate about this topic. So he's going to stand up and speak for it. And I would even say to that message, like with the Black Lives Matter movement, when all of that stuff went down. The window for black creatives or just, you know, people of color in general, the door is wide open because now we're knocking at the forefront being like, hey, listen up. Our voices have been marginalized and we have something to say. So for me, I don't necessarily see it as regressive, but progressive. Everything that transpired. And and obviously, given what you've said about the
0: plot, I think everyone right now in their head is uh, is thinking of Kanye West. How much of an influence was Kanye West for this project?
1: You mind if I answer, John? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd say this much. Uh, I've always been a, a, a fan of Kanye's and I've seen the trajectory of him way, way from college dropout and even before. And I think for any fan who's, you know, been around for that long, there definitely has been a shift in an arc of his career and even, you know, his mental stability so he's not the only figure that we've looked towards, you know, we've looked towards other celebrities. Like now we see Britney Spears and Tom Cruise and Colin Kaepernick and, and uh, Kevin Hart, all of these celebrities were an amalgamation of what we crafted with celeb, but you know, to speak to Kanye Celeb is the pr- protagonist in this film. But to speak to Kanye in general, I think there's a lot there. I think there's a lot, you know, that John and I have consistently talked about and obviously, you know, he can sway both ways in terms of, you know, public opinion. You know, it's, he gets in front of the news and it's polarizing. Um, so he's definitely one, one of those that we took inspiration from, but he's not the only one to say the least.
2: Yeah. And, um, and as well, like another thing I think, Ryan, to share with the audience is that, um, you know, our protagonist is very much an anti-hero you know, in the vein of like a Tony Soprano or a Walter White. And as as Denzel touched on, you know, we find him really on the downfall, you know, during during the, the series and where the 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 short film, you know, really tees up the story is, you know, hey, here's this prominent, really beloved public figure who is literally everything around him is on fire and he's losing, you know, his his public appeal, he's losing you know, um, his influence and, and his actual you know, career is crumbling as well. And so you know, it's, what I think is nuanced about what we're trying to say and the story that we're telling is we're not necessarily trying to make a judgment call on you know, whether or not this person, this fictionalized protagonist is you know, a good or bad person he's, he's very flawed. He's very complicated. We want that kind of, you know, reflection to be something that challenges the audience so that they can see, you know, they can see maybe a Kanye West in that character. They might also see, you know, other, you know, celebrities like, you know, Denzel mentioned, you know, Kevin Hart, even, you know, people like Whitney Houston, you know, we're really interested in because this, um, the story is not one that's unique around a public figure who is struggling with their own mental health and then how that relates with their public image and their external you know, brand, if you will, how they're viewed by the public and even how they're viewed by you know, their immediate um, collaborators, you know, the, the studios, the networks you know even their their management and their team and so that was a really we thought that was a really rich you know tapestry to kind of look into and pull the curtain back you know for you know for um audiences to to say hey this is what you know c- goes on behind the closed doors you know this is what the 1% you know actually deals with and lives with and ultimately You know, what was really important for us in our story was we wanted to be very relatable, you know, even if you're not, you know, working in the industry, because ultimately these kinds of issues we're talking about around cancel culture, mental health, the role of celebrity in our culture. These are universal, you know, issues that are really touching everybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we're really seeing that with uh, Megan Markle right now in particular. And uh, I'm curious, you know, why Denzel, why John, why, why short? Why, why, uh, why jump right into that? What was it about that uh, format that was appealing to you guys?
2: So I think, um, you know, Really, from the previous collaboration that Denzel and I did, what we love about short films is you can just go make it, you know, and um, obviously, you know, Denzel's more known as a performer. You know, he's been in big studio movies like Black Panther. He
0: was? (laughs) i (laughs) am heard of it. Uh, I saw Pink Panther. It was, uh, it it didn't really have much of a message. I thought it was a little,
2: (laughs) but you know, the thing, the thing that's cool about shorts, Ryan, is that, you know, we, we obviously had a bigger vision for what the story of 5150 was than just a short film. Um, and that's, you know, we've, we've really envisioned it and written it as a television series, but, you know, it's hard for us. We're, you know, we're new as TV writers, you know, even though, you know, we both have credits and are known for other uh, work. So, as as I know, you know, we've talked about in the past, Ryan, very easy to get pigeonholed in the industry for like what you've done and yeah. kind of what, you know, you're able to uh, have confidence in to execute, right? It's like very, very competitive to get to another place, you know, that, that maybe... You haven't been before, but for us, the the reason why a short was we could do it, and you know we we put together uh, a really strong crowdfunding campaign, had incredible support um, from you know people all over the world to bring the story to life, and um, you know we we did the short film, you know in June of 2020. Uh, as Denzel said, in the shadow of, you know, the BLM protests that were going on. And, and you know, we felt like it was, first of all, super hard to, to do. Um, you know, we were one of the first projects to actually shoot during the pandemic, at least in our area. You know, SAG, um, you know, gave us clearance, but we were one of the first projects to get clearance. But, um, you know, the, the reason of, of why to do a short was, to show, you know, what is this world? What are these characters? What does it look and actually feel like? And especially, you know, for Denzel as the director, myself as the producer, and then us as writers together, we wanted to demonstrate, you know, not just to, you know, the industry, but also to audiences, you know, hey, this is what we're capable of. This is what this thing actually will look and feel like, you know, to a certain degree, because we pulled it off with like, very, very little resources compared to what we envision the series to be. So it's very important for us to like, just like put everything on screen, really, really, you know, execute to a high level so that we could instill confidence in, you know, creating the bigger story, the bigger world, you know, of what we think this can be. And we're, we're actually super excited as well that the short film is kind of being um, developed in tandem with the series, which is something that we've not seen a lot of other creators do. And so we're using that to where, and we're we're actually releasing the short film for free um, to audiences globally because we want audiences to get excited and, and, you know, really fall in love with these characters in this world so that they can, you know, really help us create the traction for going out and, you know, getting, you know, getting the
0: series made.
1: And yeah, go on Denzel. One of the things that I was just going to quickly say to that, because I know some of the listeners who listen are, you know, young creatives themselves, calling cards, you know, short films are kind of how some of us as filmmakers cut our teeth, Um, as well as it being just uh, an accessibility thing where we could go do it on our own. Basically, when John and I met off of Will the Machine, I was very young in my narrative um, directing skill set. You know, I had done some music videos, you know, small commercial work, whatever it may be. But I hadn't really, you know, bolstered that side of my career, per se. And so when we would walk in rooms, you know, I might have this impressive reel, but they only look at you as a music video director. Mm -hmm. So similar to what John was saying about pigeonholing, you know. John had mentioned earlier um, his commercial company for WT media and how they want to jump more into original content. This was just a, a wonderful intersection for us as well to, you know, put together a package where it was like, Hey, we can definitely do this. Take us serious as, you know, TV creatives, take us serious as narrative filmmakers. Um, and if we could do this on our own via crowdfunding, via gaining the resources, like, you know, partners with David Oyelowo and Giovanna Adepo. Uh, gaining the different partners that we had entrusted like Canon to come on board company three. uh, We had the um, visual effects company, chicken bone, who also just came off the heels of queen gambit. They did all of their visual effects came on board with us. You know, our music supervisor, uh, the guys who were doing our sound, you know, I worked on Tron and Godfather of Harlem. It's like, we got all these incredible partners that we were able to do on our own. So the reason why I want to point that out to some of your listeners is like, you know, feel empowered, feel encouraged to get out there and do it. You know, as creatives, the technology is getting cheaper. You know, the accessibility is getting more open. Like John just said, we're going to release this short for free because it's really about garnering the public and getting them in on this experience early before we even take it to a network. Um, Empower yourself, creatives, because you can. And was it tough for you going in those
0: rooms and and pitching yourself as a director? Did they take you seriously or did you, you know, feel like, all right, well, none of these people are going to give me money or allow me to do this. I got to do it. We got to
1: do it on our own. Let me take it a thousand percent real with you, man. I was shopping around 5150 to several uh, companies before it even landed on John's desk. You know, if we clicked up in 2018, I started writing this thing at the end of 2016 um, as a way to showcase, you know, myself as a young narrative director, because all of my material was outdated beforehand. And those opportunities were coming seldom for myself, whereas acting, you know, I was getting plenty of opportunities in front of the camera. And it was one of those things where it was like, okay, well, you guys aren't taking me serious and you do want to pigeonhole me into this box as just an actor. Even when I take it to you know my reps or whatnot, my reps have known me for several years, even as a young child performer, but it's like when I would speak about you know that side of me with writing and my passions for directing and whatnot, I always found that it came second place to what was on the agenda as an actor and the world because most, it's
0: not going to make them money the
1: way acting well it's what immediately makes the money. yeah and it's what immediately people know you for, so when you know I would go out in the streets or whatnot. You know, people would see me and they'd be like, "Oh man, you know, when's your next role?" And then, you know, if you have a couple months off, they'd be like, "So, what are you doing? Are you, are you are you still working?" Well, during those months, that was me, you know, fortifying and building up my credits behind the camera. Got it. But it's not as sexy as being in, you know, in front of the camera. People see you, you know, doing the acting thing, and they and they, you know, they pass out they're like oh my god like whoa that's so cool and you could just be doing a commercial but when I'd post on my directing work whether it's music videos or whatnot people would be like oh yeah that's nice Denzel you're doing your little passion project and so no this is really John and I both you know taking this arena serious and stepping in and so now you know even just by making this short film and propositioning as a television show you know we have uh, partnerships and alliances who are now, you know, backing us. And, and we've already seen it with some of these production companies and meetings where it's a whole different conversation. Yeah. I take this back to my lids and my reps. It's a whole different conversation. And we're seeing that in real time right now, just off of the strength of us doing it on our own. You know, we took the Robert Rodriguez approach, you know, Rebel Without a Crew. And it was like, okay, if you guys want to see what we can do first, fine, we'll show you what we could do first. But now our price is going to go up afterwards. <laughs> yeah, as it should. And, and I'm curious, how, how did production
0: go during the pandemic? You know, I mean, there was already a lot of constraints, I'm sure budgetary wise, because you know, I mean, I, I was at a panel with Margot Robbie, and she was talking about Birds of Prey. And she was like, look, I just did a huge studio film, and you never have enough money. There's just never enough money. And so not only are you not working with as much as you want, but you're doing this during a pandemic. Did you feel like you shot what you wanted to shoot during the most constraining time
1: in the world in recent memory. I'm going to quickly say something and then I'm going to let John take over because John really created the most robust plan and really sort of shepherded us, especially, you know, in the monetary uh, faction. But to be honest with you, bro, I was overjoyed. I was overjoyed. I was grateful. I mean, at the end of the day, I had, you know, my shot list, We had an incredible team all the way from, you know, our DP, Christina Dunlap, who is phenomenal, Um, our our, uh, art department and um, uh, art director, who was Frankie, incredible, Um, you know, our casting director and co-producer, Amber Bickham, who basically found all of our talent in the middle of the pandemic. We had to cast extras three to four weeks earlier than shooting simply because we had to get them COVID tested. And they had to be prepared and everybody had to be isolated uh, 14 days prior to shooting. So, you know, there were definitely more challenges shooting during the pandemic. But as I wanted to say, I looked at the shot list at the end of the day. Me and John looked at the dailies at the end of the day. And it was like we achieved everything we wanted and more just based off our own ingenuity and I'll let uh, John take it from here.
2: Yeah, and, um, you know, it was was very tense, Ryan, you know, to to put it, you know, lightly, because even though compared to, you know, like Margot and her experience doing Birds of Prey, the thing that doesn't really matter is COVID, you know, will infect the crew and everybody just the same. It doesn't really matter, you know, how big your show is or how much money you have. So we were really kind of up against it in some ways where, you know, for many people, including, you know, Denzel and myself, it was our first project, you know, and it's like, well, how do you do this? You know, you're literally asking people to come out, you know, do some, something creative for like little money, if at all. And there's a, there's a chance that you may die, you know? So that was really heavy and we took it very seriously. I think that, you know, um, just kind of building on this idea of like doing it yourself. It was like, well, we, we had this, this responsibility to make sure that we were keeping everybody safe, you know, on this on set. And so we took that really, really to heart and just put as, put as many of the, you know, p- precautions and plans in place that we could do that in such a way that people could show up feel good about being safe, being protected, and then they could do their best work, be creative. And I mean, I think I, you know, um, just to the point, you know, that you brought up earlier about, you know, for Denzel and for us, like being taken seriously, you know, the thing that I think we really keyed in on was, you know, we weren't looking for somebody else to do it for us. We You know, we put we put this project together from the ground up in such a way where we had huge standards for ourselves of, you know, how we interviewed people, how we cast, you know, um, actors and roles, how we rehearsed, you know, how how we, you know, um, worked with heads of department. So that kind of, I think, top from the top down of. You know, us, you know, in, in terms of, you know, directing, producing and writing the project, it, it really set the tone and just like created a very high bar for everybody to come in. And I would just, you know, really encourage anybody who wants to make something, no matter, you know, what your budget is, if you embody that kind of passion, professionalism and commitment to really doing excellent work. I mean, the sky's the limit, you know, the, we had no special aces up our sleeves. We had no special, like, you know, infinite piggyback of piggy bank of money. It was really through hustling and hard work that we were able to, to create that kind of environment, you know, on set and then have it really extend all the way through post-production and finishing the film. And so You know, I couldn't be happier about the the experience on set itself. I mean, we heard from multiple people that like bar none, like features, series, shorts, whatever, one of the best sets, you know, that, that people had worked on. So I personally take that, you know, to heart with a huge amount of humility and gratitude and just, you know, look back and say, man, I'm so grateful that we were able to do it. And most importantly, keep everybody safe. Yeah.
0: That's so beautiful. That's awesome. And how long between, um, you know, wrapping posts uh, post was it was the film finished?
1: We wrapped uh, about June. So we shot at the tail end of June for four days. Um, and then we immediately jumped right into editing. You know, we maybe it took like two days off and uh, we, we got right on board again, as John said, with our process. All of our energy, all of our interviews were done virtually. Wow. Uh, via zoom and we would sit down, whether it be auditions or, you know, meeting different department heads. It was through zoom. Um, zoom and Google meets saved us during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, we had this wonderful editor, David Marks, who we edited the entire film through zoom. Wow. Um, myself, David, John would jump in and then we would shop that around with our producers, um, and our trusted allies and get feedback. And then we would jump right back on Zoom and keep editing. Wow. Um, and then even working with our pro- uh, our partners, Company 3 had a remote setup um, that we would edit through. Uh, Chicken Bone would send us dailies. The only time we really went in and uh, worked on the project in person was by the time we got to the sound mix at most nice. Studios. And at that point, you know, that was the tail end of the project. It was the last day and we did an entire sound mix. Um, and married that with the score uh, towards the end. But I would say that process took us all the way until November. Wow. Yeah. And then you did
0: the the festival submission. How was it, you know, navigating that whole bullshit? Because it can be very fickle.
2: Yeah, it was it, it is fickle, Ryan. And, you know, I you know, having done you know, other projects, um, you know, Denzel and I had Will the Machine in, in the festival uh, circuit as well. You know, I had had projects at Tribeca and South By in the past. And we were really hopeful. We were, you know, we were aiming for, you know, competing at Sundance and, and South By um, as an episodic. And what we found was um, actually surprisingly hugely competitive um, in the festivals, largely because the programs were really slimmed down. So the amount mm. of, of um, you know, both films as well as episodics that were being accepted was, like, reduced greatly. So, um, you know, I think, you know, where we were, uh, it was challenging was, you know, the short film is, is about 17 and a half minutes. The series is envisioned as a 60-minute you know, we're there about an uh, hour-long, you know, episode. And so translating, you know, this 17-minute proof of concept, if you will, to what that means for an hour-long pilot, yeah. it's not, traditionally speaking, you know, like a pilot. We're not producing an indie pilot. We're, You know, we didn't have the resources, quite frankly. Um, so, you know that's a bit of a gray area you know how does how do you you know sort of as a as a festival how do you program something that's that's not the full thing but i think what we were really excited about was we ultimately did um get the invitation to compete at the tribeca uh, creators market um which was you know having had films at tribeca in the past um, honestly, one of the most valuable festival experiences that I've personally had in my career and would just highly recommend any filmmakers to pursue that kind of format, whereby yeah. instead of being at the festival um, as, a, as a, you know, uh, short or as an episodic, what 5150 was, was basically as a, um, a project that we could then showcase to industry executives you know, uh, managers, producers, you know, others. And so over the course of two days, Denzel and I met with 19 different companies, Um, you know, HBO, Disney, Warner Brothers, Color Creative, like just to name a few. Very, very helpful for us in this stage of our project and our career, because we were really able to showcase what we had created but also talk about where we want to go and like what our goals are as, you know, filmmakers. And so um, that's currently where, you know, the project is, but um, you know, having attended, you know, the festival in person as well, you know, in New York, um, you know, I think it's a really, it's a different time of film festivals. I think film festivals have changed forever and it's similar to how like, you know, theatrical is kind of being reinvented uh, because you know, with Sundance and South by both this year were were virtual. You know, Tribeca was really the first major festival that was in person, but it also had a virtual component. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if going forward that it's more of a hybrid kind of approach for mini festivals um, because you know, the in-person thing is, is, is challenging. Um, But, you know, the, the, if you, you know, are a filmmaker, you know, having the opportunity to do more of the marketplace or kind of like meeting based, you know, um, part of a festival, at least from our experience, highly recommend.
0: Awesome. And uh, when, when can the world see it?
2: So we're, um, we're really excited, Ryan, to be releasing uh, 5150 in August uh, publicly. Um, So we'll have more details um, on the exact date, um, which we'd love to share with your audience. Yeah, um, it'll be it'll be available, you know, um, for free. And, um, you know, we've got some amazing um, partners um, you know, short of the week, director's notes, um, Argo, um, we're, we're working with all of those, uh, partners, um, to get the film out in front of audiences. Ultimately, you know, as Denzel said, I mean, this is really, we, we want the public to be involved and, and, and have a voice in what this series means. You know, why is it important, you know, to, to tell this story and we want to hear the, the, you know, the feedback, what, you know, what resonates, what do you want to see more of? And I think that kind of like co-creation is something that really excites us. You know, we look at, um, you know, shows like uh, Watchmen or Lovecraft Country um, as inspirations for, you know, stories that are, you know, about Black characters and issues that that really affect the Black community, but are really widely loved and cross over and like, you know, have huge audiences. Um, So we're, we're, that's what we're, you know, shooting for. We're really wanting this to be a, you know, a show for audiences of all colors. Um, But, but we're, you know, really looking forward to getting the short out there and uh, you know, getting it in front of, of uh, audiences.
0: Awesome. And, and, and Denzel, what, what advice would you have for everyone listening you know, final question that that want to make it short.
1: Man, I was just thinking about that because I was I was ruminating about um, just our festival experience, you know, and and kind of what John said. Like one of the things that was so interesting about this project from from the jump, every since we started working together, was just the divinity of it all. And for those who understand that concept or believe in it, it's like when you have a passion that's so bold so emblazoned so like internal within you that you must see it through that you know that this is your calling because john and i could have rightfully so went to writers to write this or even the 5150 pilot you know but we know these characters we know you know the hearts and the minds of what it should be so we just kept empowering ourselves throughout the entire process You know, before 5150, I I most certainly was afraid to call myself a writer. And now, you know, on the tail end of this, I can confidently say, hey, I write. Yeah. You know, this is a new skill set. There have been many times within my career and not to, you know, um, not to just put spotlight on me for a second, but just to use this as an example. You know, I worked at Cartoon Network for five years as an editor. Um, You know, I worked with a uh, fashion photographer in Miguel's camp. Um, and shot fashion photography for three years. And I worked as a graphic designer. The reason why I bring this up is because once we jumped into 5150, all of these skill sets now had to be in play. There were some things I had to go out and shoot, you know, photography wise, all of the digital graphics that you see, this was, you know, me and John, you know, curating that stuff. And then I would go in and maybe edit templates or create custom stuff. So you never know where your skill set, your past skill sets are going to come into play. Yeah. Um, And how you can use that to once again, you know, bolster your package and uh, just encourage yourself to be like, hey, I am capable. I can make something, you know, I have the tools, I have the resources. Uh, There are people around me who want to see me succeed. You know what I mean? And that goes for both John and I, like as soon as we had the mission statement and as soon as we you know, decided to put on our boots and really take our first step. There were so many people who encouraged us along the way, so many people who empowered us, so many people who were just happy to see that John and I were taking these steps. Um, And I think, you know, even speaking to some of the uh, fickleness, you know, on the back end that maybe we've experienced. It's one of those things where, like, John and I are so passionate about the project. We know at the end of the day it needs to resonate with the public. Yeah. And so once we put this project out. And once we see how it's resonating with the public, we've already you know tested it in front of small audiences and they've been blown away. They've been like, this project couldn't be any more timely. We might've shot ourselves in the foot because we went out and the bar that we set for ourselves was so fit and finished and polished, where we have a product that can compete with any other network right now, any other network that can take on this product, we polished it to the same standards that they have polished it to. And that's just, again, me and John encouraging ourselves that we can do it. And on the back end of that, you know, we showed we, that we can deliver and we could deliver with the amount of money that we can raise on our own. So imagine the amount of money that when we actually sit at the table and finally have a seat, what we can do. So again, I just really encourage anybody who's listening right now is like, it all starts with the pen. It all starts with the mind. It all starts with your first steps and just be encouraged that you can do it. And when you align yourself with your true purpose, that divine interaction, that divinity will happen. And then you'll just see yourself on roller wheels, just take off. And before you look back, your car will be moving on its own. Amazing.
2: Yeah. I-, I, Real quick, Ryan, I just wanted to add three things because I, I love this question and I wanted to just build on what Denzel said. And I think your, your question, Ryan, about advice for filmmakers making shorts is so... Um, powerful because you can make a short film on your own like right now. And the, the three concrete things that I just wanted to share, in addition to what Denzel said, um, because I, I have, you know, seen this really, really work for other filmmakers, you know, and, and I've done, you know, over 10 narrative shorts myself as a producer. The, the first thing that I would say is use what you have this is a this is like the Robert Rodriguez school of filmmaking where it's like okay do you have access to a location do you have access to an actor do you have access to some sort of cool you know technology or thing like that and if you can build kind of a story around production value you're already giving yourself an advantage and we did that actually with 5150 um, in terms of you know shooting in a contained location. We had access to a studio. So we built the story around that. Um, That kind of dovetails into the second thing that I would offer to people interested in making a short is keep it small. You know, there's, there's, if you, if you look at, you know, some of the most um, beloved and successful shorts, and I would encourage people to do this, you know, check out which what's competed at Sundance South by, you know, what's on short of the week. You'll notice that most of those short films share one thing in common, which is they're very contained. We're talking small number of characters, small number of locations, and the reason for that is, you know, your resources are are typically very limited. You know, when you're doing a short, so if you keep if you keep it limited to, you know, uh, uh, you know, small, you know, number of actors or a single location, you can then really focus on delivering an amazing story and just raising the bar, you know, and the third and final thing that I would, that I would just, you know, offer to, to short filmmakers is that trust and confidence in yourself that Denzel talked about and to really focus on, you know, um, building a team around you who recognize And appreciate that. And and for you, and whether you're the writer, you're the director, you're the producer, or you're all three at once, you really want people who you link arms with to see you for what you can, can make possible. And even if you've not done it before, or you don't have credits that are similar, if you have the belief and the passion, you can absolutely execute it and one way that Denzel and I did this around ourselves is, you know, this, this kind of advisory board, if you will, and trusted allies. You know, we we created these these links with people who were not necessarily directly working on the project. They weren't like a, a an actor or a producer or someone like that, but they were, you know, really smart writers or really smart, you know, actors and people that we knew and trusted. And then we could then, you know, say, hey, what do you think of this draft? Or, hey, what do you think of our, you know, crowdfunding campaign? What do you think about the edit? You know, and, and having that kind of, you know, group of, of trusted people doesn't cost anything. You know, as long as you do it, you know, with authenticity and humility, you know, people are really willing. And we, you know, Denzel and myself, we do that for other creatives as well. you know, and, and, you know, um, Ryan, you and I've talked about, you know, you know, your trajectory and things you're working on. And I think just that spirit of collaboration and generosity will take you so far, but I think if, you know, you're a short filmmaker and you really think about, you know, those, those three things, um, you know, that's the recipe that, that we've used here. That's, you know, what I've seen other filmmakers really use and, um, you know, just get out there and do it.
0: Amazing. Guys, I can't think of a better note to end on. Denzel, John, I'm so proud of you guys. When this thing comes out in August, come back on and and let's break it down frame by frame. Hey, let's do it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ryan. All right, guys. So much love, okay? To be continued. Appreciate it.